0: This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 11, episode 10.
1: This is Writing Excuses, idea as genre. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And we have a special guest star, Nancy Folda. Hi. Welcome back to the podcast, Nancy. Thank you. We are always glad to have you here, and we're going to be talking about idea stories. Mary, can you dig us into this and explain what we mean by this?
0: Sure. So one thing that I want to make everyone aware of is that when we're talking about idea, you don't need to feel like you need to map the MICE quotient Mm, onto this. We're not talking about the idea of the acronym MICE, although they do have a lot in common. So an idea story is one where you're really looking at an idea, a question, a what if. It's something that is fascinating to you. Yeah. And, and it's really about, about a question. It's what, what is this? What is happening? And you're exploring that idea.
1: Yeah, each of these elemental genres, we've kind of attached an emotion to them or a set of emotions. Um, like wonder was draw, driven by awe. Um, yeah. This one is driven by fascination, which is different from the curiosity of what's going the, – of the mystery, what's going to happen next. This is co- kind of – this thing is so cool, I want to play with it longer and yeah. see what buttons in it exactly. I can push. I yeah. keep
2: turning the pages because I want to think about this. This mm-hmm. fascinates me, and I, I – I want to continue being fascinated. A lot of science fiction falls into this if you have a cool new technology
3: or a new planet that you want to explore. A lot of Brandon's fantasy books fall under this category Mm -hmm. because it's here's a cool magic system. Let's Let's take a look at all of its ramifications.
1: Yeah, you mentioned exploration. Exploration is part of this, but not necessarily physical exploration.
0: Yeah, it's really much more about the the mental exploration Mm -hmm. and the – the excitement that that can provoke in the reader's brain by looking at all of the things that this cool idea—I think, you know—we were talking about with uh, some of the others that there, you would make a you'd kind of make a noise with them, and this one is ooh neat.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> one one way I like to think of it is like. Imagine a nine-year-old geeky kid who's just gotten their hands on their very first Rubik's Cube, Mm. you know? And like, oh, it it turns this way, it turns this way, and there's a puzzle, and what happens at the end, and how can I make it do what I want it to? So for me, an idea story is really about digging into the mechanics of something, what can I do with it? Yeah. Future extrapolation is a big, big part of this subgenre.
1: You know, it's very interesting that science fiction has a grand history of this, and some of the best idea stories are these dark dystopias, Some of the other best idea stories of this are these, you know, beautiful exploration, Star Trek, look at this cool planet we found, let's see what happens on it. You know, both things like what would happen, you know, in 1984 if the government watched everything, (laughs) um, to what would happen if people were able to fly, you know, or could read minds or things like this.
0: Yeah, and one of the things about this is it sometimes— your character is the one that is asking the question Mm -hmm. and you are going along for the ride with your character. But with an idea story, that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Mm -hmm. Whereas with the mice quotient, in that structure, your main character does have to be the one with the question. But in in the elemental genre, it is really about the state that you're provoking in the reader and the reader's desire to
1: to see. That's interesting because this is one of the few Genres, in fact, maybe the only one we've talked about so far where the character's emotion doesn't align with ours. I don't think that the characters in 1984 were ever feeling fascination by the situation they're in. They're feeling like this is terrible, um, or I'm feeling betrayed. But while I'm reading that, I am fascinated by the idea of a world where they can rewrite history on the whim because you know we've no we're no longer at war with them. We've never been at war with them. And that's, that's very distinctive about this. Yeah,
0: although you can definitely have yes. stories where the character and the reader have the same emotional reaction. Um, oh, the movie has just gone out of my head. Oh, well, I'll, I'll use that example <laughs> later when I'm—
1: Yeah, one of my favorite films that does this is Gattaca, which might oh, be yeah. one of my favorite films of all time, which, you know, of course, mixes some kind of thriller elements, this tension of is he going to get discovered or not, um, with a primary idea story, what would mm-hmm. happen if your genetic code determined what type of job you could get, how people react responded to you. They could be prejudice against you because of what your DNA says and things like
3: that. I, th- I think the idea also can engender rather than fascination. It can be shock mm. or it can be horror. There's the great classic SF story that I can't remember the name of where the uh, spaceship arrives at a uh, supernova and finds that that was the star— Of Jesus. (laughs) Do you remember that one? I do remember that one. I can't remember that. Basically the idea Mm -hmm. of that story is, well, what if the reason we could see that star when Christ was born is because God blew up a sun and killed a whole civilization? (laughs) And that's horrible. But it was an amazing story.
4: And it's a fascinating concept. You, you immediately, you hear that statement, and I've never heard of this story. And suddenly you want to go dig mm-hmm. it up and read it, you mm-hmm. know. And that's a good sign that you've got an idea story when simply the core concept of the story is sufficient to make you want to go, okay, and, you know, yeah. well, what next?
2: The, the flip side of this is, and I'm sure I'm going to make all kinds of enemies Uh, the superhero genre Mm -hmm. where, and I I like using Iron Man as an example. We never explore the ramifications of arc reactor technology. What we explore is what if an angry, drunken genius became a superhero? Yeah. Um, And that has always frustrated me because I love idea stories. And, but if you step away from the superhero genre and say, oh no, that's those aren't really idea stories right, most in, the w- of them in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, they might have some sub-elements,
1: but they're not really idea yep. stories. Um, let me ask you guys this. Idea stories that are not science fiction fantasy, how do, you, how do you approach one of these? What kind of ideas are not science fiction fantasy stories?
4: When you're outside of speculative fiction— the idea stories, I think, are going to come much closer to mm-hmm. uh, to to other genres like uh, interpersonal drama. Uh-huh. You know, what if you had a woman who discovered that her child was not really her child because someone yeah. had mal- not accidentally but maliciously swapped out her baby in the hospital for nefarious purposes? Right? We're, we're getting more. It, it's it's closer to genre, to mystery. Yeah. It's closer to to drama, and yet there is still a in the presentation, you know, the way you present that, the way you explore it would determine whether it would be an idea story or a mystery or a drama. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
0: think that one of the differences in terms of the, the way those would play out is that you could tell that story as a mystery. when there you would be mm-hmm. trying to find the answer to what had kicked everything off. Yeah. Whereas in an idea story, you would be looking at the ramifications. Yeah, of yes. how does
1: someone deal with this? Yeah, um, one of the this reminds me of our good friend Jancy's story, Gift Child, which is about a teenage mm. girl who decides to get pregnant because her sister and because um, her
4: mom never had another her, baby. Yeah,
1: and is it that or is it her brother? And some someone she knows wants a baby,
4: and so she decides and to she have decides the baby to have
1: a baby to for them need. to fill that need. Um, and it's all about the psychology of that and how her family reacts to the fact
3: that she's like, I went and gotten pregnant so you guys can have a baby. Here it is. There's a lot of great true crime stories, actually, that fall under this category um, in the realm of scams. There was a big deal a few years ago where someone realized that they could use a loophole in a pudding cup promotion to get unlimited frequent flyer miles. And that, as an idea, uh-huh. spawned this entire story of this heist and this crime. And that you, you might be a, a mystery or a thriller when you tell it, but the idea was the kernel.
4: The Cuckoo's Egg is an excellent example of non-genre idea fiction. Well, it's not fiction. It's nonfiction. It's the story of this guy who tracks down a cyber criminal way back in the very early days of the Internet. And it has, again, some thriller elements. The 80s. <laughs> way back in way the <laughs> internet and it's one of the most fascinating books i've ever read because it digs into all the little technical details it it's, does all the things that they always tell you not to do in terms of exposition and mm-hmm. over over technifying your reader and and lots of things that in other genres you have to kick out and in an idea story you get to put them all in because that's what makes it awesome
2: what's fun about that book and i think i may have plugged that one as an audiobook uh here on the cast at one point, um, because it is from the 80s, uh, he has to explain to his 1980s audience what a floppy disk is
4: <laughs> and,
2: and how connections between computers work. And the, the language that he used, the metaphors that he used in order to explore this idea of computer crime which was brand new back then, mm-hmm. is, is very, very telling. Uh, and when I read it, I realized that uh, when, when we as science fiction authors are describing these cutting-edge things now, uh, at some point, our grandchildren are going to look back and say, oh, how silly and quaint. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home
3: on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by.
2: Granger, for the ones who get it done.
3: What's the easiest choice you can make?
0: Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com
4: slash try. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's stop for our book of the week which is by Nancy. Yay! Tell us about Dead Men Don't Cry.
4: Dead Men Don't Cry is a collection of short stories that I wrote over about a 10-year period. They were all published somewhere else first, in Asimov's and various other magazines, most of them professional. And then at some point, we collaborated, we, we pulled them all together and uh, made them available in paperback and in electronic format. And almost every single one of them would fall into the idea story genre. They're all about what if an AI was being stalked by a person instead of people being stalked by computers. What if your dead mother could haunt you for the rest of your life via technology and neural uploads, things like that. Um, And they're, they're really fun. They're really enjoyable. I think uh, (laughs) other people have told me, and uh, it's beautifully, beautifully narrated on audible by Joseph C. who did a great, great job bringing life to the characters.
1: Excellent. So, if you want to try Nancy's collection, get most, I assume, of the stories that you've you've written, because you have a bunch of them. It's
4: about Um, half. About
1: half. Half of Nancy's stories in audiobook form and enjoy them. You can go to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse, start your trial membership with Audible, and download Nancy's book, Dead Men Don't Cry. All right, let's talk about how to write an idea story. Well, one thing that
0: I want to bring up with Mm
1: -hmm. an idea story is that—
0: is a caution, which oh, is, is part of how you write with them. Mm-hmm. Idea stories are really about drilling in and getting excited about something. Yes. So this is one of those places that can easily trigger world builder's disease. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that what you're trying to evoke in the reader is the sense of, oh, how cool is this? Mm-hmm. Which means that you actually have to put in character responses to stuff and cues so that the reader understands how cool it is, just putting in a lot of details is not enough.
3: Mm -hmm. You can focus that uh, world building and that idea exploration by thinking, how could this idea go wrong? Mm -hmm. Who would hate it? Who would love it? Who would benefit from it? Um, And that'll help you keep it connected to character and story.
2: Yeah. A, A really useful trick here. Is to take an activity that the reader is familiar with, and describe that activity uh, in in a way that the the idea at work here has changed it. A, a great example would be self driving cars. Mm-hmm. If there are fleets of self driving cars, you show the guy commuting to work by walking outside and you know tapping his Bluetooth headset, and thirty seconds later. A car shows up and pops the door for him, and he hops in and is and commuting, and he's frustrated about how long it takes to get to work. And, you know, readers today who are used to commuter traffic yeah. will be fascinated by that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh- I like this idea of how can it go wrong and what can you do with it. It doesn't even have to be this dystopian catastrophe. One of my favorite idea stories ever is by good friend of the podcast, Eric James Stone. Um, he wrote one where someone— in the near future, we had um, we have three D printers, and someone three D printed a Stradivarius. It was identical, mm-hmm. atom by atom, to the real Stradivarius, and it was about um, two two people who'd been put in the case to try to determine which one was real and did it matter? Because the real Stradivarius was there and the copy, and no one knew. Everyone had forgotten; they got mixed up. The guy who'd stolen the Stradivarius and made the copy didn't really even know. I don't think, oh, that's and so. Great that is so cool just to think about as an idea, and it's something going wrong, but it's also how our society would change.
0: Right, and that is that is the key. With an idea story, it's not just the details. It's the implications and the consequences. Yep. And that is what is pulling you through the story. That is that is what is the, you know, you've got the what if, but the mm-hmm. story is to articulate. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's easy to say what if. What if people could clone dinosaurs, right? yeah. Okay, we've that's that's a what if the story is okay. Um, dinosaurs go crazy on this um, on this island, get away and start eating everybody, and then you've got yourself a thriller um, using that idea. But you could make up a hundred different stories with that same idea. What kind of consequences? What kind of emotions do you want to display? Um, more on, uh, idea stories are sometimes the best ones if you have an agenda that you can get across. <laughs> you know, we've talked about whether an agenda is a good thing or not. Um, I think there are arguments on both sides.
0: I think any fiction that you write has an agenda. It's just yeah.
1: that it's... Th- Conscious agenda. Yes. Yeah. Conscious <laughs> agenda. Specific, I want to teach people this yes. thing. Didactic mm-hmm. stories. Idea stories are the bread and butter of I- didactic stories.
4: Yeah. And to a certain extent, it's a little bit of a dichotomy, but a really, really good idea story, uh, at least in my experience in my writing process, tends not to come to life until you actually do find the intersection with a character. And uh, the more powerful mm. the character is, the more life, contra- you know, paradoxically, the more life the idea story receives.
3: Yeah, I, I'm a, gonna. A, a great example of that is a, an old science fiction story called Slow Glass. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Um, which, oh. is, which is just a beautiful story. And the core idea is what if light passed so f- slowly through glass that it would preserve memories for years and years and years? That by itself is not a story until he made it about uh, a man and woman in a failing marriage and all of a sudden this concept of loss and you know wanting to hold on to those visions that you can see through the glass made it into a story just like you're saying I
4: thought the woman had died and he stayed around for well, the next 40 years watching the glass Yes, the window the narrator
3: was oh, with narrator. his wife on ah. vacation
4: Oh, no, that's fascinating because when I read that story many years ago, uh, probably as a teenager, I focused completely and entirely on the old guy looking for glimpses of his wife from 40 years ago mm-hmm. through the windows of the house. And it sounds like there was a complete other story there, <laughs> <laughs> so I need to go read it now.
2: That's but twice in 30 seconds we used the word fascinating, mm. which is a really good indicator of of an idea at work, And in this case, the idea is that uh, the point of view of teenage Nancy and the point of view of
4: Not middle-aged horrid Dan,
2: Dan <laughs> uh, is completely different on the same story.
4: Yeah. One of the
0: stories that I actually want to talk about in terms of um, something where it's a cool idea and then we actually go on a very similar journey to the character is Holes. Yes. You know, it's mm-hmm. – these kids are dr- digging Holes – in the middle of a desert. Yep, that's a cool that's a cool idea. What? Why? Why are they digging holes in the desert? And we're wondering, and the character is wondering it at the same time. And it's getting back to what we're talking about, which is that the that there's a personal stake, and that there is a, a consequence to the the this weird idea.
1: Right. I think what we're all kind of getting at is to make an idea story work, you have to have a story, and I think that is what maybe. New writers forget, and I see this a lot with my students. Look at this cool thing. Well, you could have written me a paragraph summary of, hey, this cool thing. That's not alone a story. If you want to make it a story, you need character, plot, setting, um, conflict, and these sorts of things to come together. They don't have to have all everything. You don't have to throw everything at it, but
2: you've got to have something like that.
4: A technical manual. Oh,
2: go ahead. I I find that uh, I've I've been watching a lot of documentaries while I uh, ink comics, um, and I I say watching. I like documentaries because I only have to listen. (laughs) Uh, And there was a series on air disasters, and one of the disasters was the famous Grand Canyon crash back before air traffic controllers. Uh, Back in the 50s or 60s, uh, airline pilots who were crossing the country liked to show their passengers who were typically very well to do views of the grand canyon and two planes collided in midair killing everyone because there were no controls in place to prevent these pilots from being in the same place at the same time and as i watched that i thought wow this is this is a perfect example of someone failing to look at the implications of what we had built um and and that episode spun into what air traffic control has has become. Right. I bring that up because watching those sorts of things, learning those sorts of things, I believe is how you program your brain to uh, to do that exploration of the idea you've come up with.
1: I like how this discussion has been going. Um, I don't know if we've drilled yet into enough practical advice on how to write these, but fortunately, we're going to come back to this topic in a couple of weeks. So wait for it then, and we'll try to drill into the hows and whys you use this. Um, Until then, we have some homework
3: for you. And Dan is going to give us our homework. All right, what we want you to do now is to go out and find a cool idea, find a science blogger, find a cool new piece of technology somewhere in the world or a great idea for a magic system you have floating around in your head. Find an idea and then brainstorm 20 stories you could tell about it. Uh, conflicts that could arise using that idea as the core. All right. Nancy, thank you so
1: much for joining us. Anytime. Can you come back in two weeks? Absolutely. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write.
2: Save big on Brunch for Mom,
0: all in the Kroger app.